All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, April 17th. F it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. Clayton, huge weekend for last weekend's champion, Super Mario, but possibly not a great weekend for any of the newcomers. So why don't we get into it? Could you please give us a box office plow for the weekend of Friday, April 14th, 2023. Number one, the Super Mario Brothers movie made $87 million down only 41%. It added 28 theaters. It's at $347.8 million in its second weekend. Number two, the Pope's Exorcist made $9.1 million in its first frame. Number three, John Wick Chapter 4 made $7.9 million, down 45%. It's hemorrhaging theaters, losing 574 It's at $160.1 million in its fourth weekend. Number four, Renfield made $7.7 million in its first frame. And number five, Air. Also made 7.7, but just a tiny bit less, down 47% in its second frame. It's at $33.2 million. You know what, Clayton? I think we got to go further than five because there's a couple of notable ones out there, including some new releases. So number six was Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves made 7.3, and it is now up to $74 million domestic. Number seven, Suzume, which was a new Crunchyroll pick. That came in at $5 million and got to give give him his propers. Uh, wannabe-o boy Marcus nailed it. Completely nailed, nailed it. it. Nailed yes. it. So way to go, Marcus. You nailed the opening weekend prediction for Suzume. You truly are the B.O. Boys Crunchyroll anime correspondent. And number eight, the Italian dominance of the box office continues because Mafia Mama, it did make the top 10, as I predicted, and it did do $2 million, which what was the movie we used as the over-under last week? It it completely slips my mind. In our weekend prediction episode, we did an over-under on what Mafia Mama... Oh, I know what it is. The Diane Keaton movie that got a d cinema score the switcheroo movie. yeah yeah cat and what was it called the, the that movie we all know yeah. we all know which movie that was so that movie made one million dollars and mafia mama did double that did two million dollars so yeah i feel uh, like i have to do a uh, mafia mama mia culpa yeah i you i i am so glad that you're not fighting it and mac and rita that was the Diane King switcheroo vehicle from this past August open to 1 million. The Mafia Mama did double a Mac and Rita, did a Mac and Rita and a Mac and Rita. And yeah, so I, I mean, listen, it is Italian Americans up and down this box office because you got Mafia Mama at eight, but number one, Super Mario. I mean, Clayton, what is going on here? That is an incredible incredible second weekend here 
This well, is, this we is out said of we said this thing could hold. We yes. said this thing, and it's weird. It was so. This movie seems to be uh, uh, impervious to anybody's tracking abilities because mm-hmm. th- when it was in the '60s on Saturday, according to Deadline, like si- okay. what sixty-eight million or something. Okay, it and made everybody 80, over eighty million it, this weekend. Yeah, everybody in the comments and listen. Uh, the deadline comments are uh, an S hit show, but yeah, I yeah. sometimes will scroll down mm-hmm. and everybody said too low, too low, too low. And I agreed. I was like, there's no way those are going to stand. Right. It's just, I think this is just a movie that we haven't seen in a very long time, a mm-hmm. blockbuster kids film. Mm-hmm. And so these kids are just running up to the theater and buying tickets with, you know, uh, without pre-ordering. I mean, that's the thing is kids aren't pre-ordering. Maybe the parents aren't pre-ordering or they're getting nagged, nagged, nagged. They're not thinking they're going to end up going to this movie. And then the kids went out and they just go to the ticket booth and they buy tickets. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is, listen, the super Mario brothers movie is officially a cultural phenomenon. This is an event. This is movies as the center of culture, you know, Mm -hmm. back the way it was way more often in the eighties and nineties, but that is what the super Mario brothers movie is right now. This is adult and children culture culminating in around super Mario brothers movie. This is what everyone's talking about, but more importantly, this is what everyone is going to right now. I, I mean, Clayton, the drop in its second weekend was only 41%. That mm-hmm. is absurd. We've grown so accustomed to big movies, big mm-hmm. tentpole movies, dropping in the 60s. Mm-hmm. It, high, high 60s, low yep. 60s. If it does well, it's in the 50s, right? right? right. 41 is amazing for the amount of money it made right last right. weekend because right. it also jumped out of the the gym in its expectations and it's tracking uh last weekend so right. this is just par for the course now with mario you can't bet against mario it's the best second weekend ever for an animated movie wow defeated uh frozen 2 Wow. Which made 85.9 million. So it was wow. close, but Mario beat them. Wow. More than Incredibles 2 in 2018. That second weekend was 80 million mm-hmm. on a 56% yeah, so- drop. I mean, Mario, I mean, th- this is this is a, a, a real sign of the times because it is officially video games are surpassing superhero movies as mm-hmm. the top ip format at the movies and mario is whipping pixar's behind as the leader amongst animated films you know it is not a small feat that mario bested both incredibles 2 bested i mean frozen is is disney animated proper it's not pixar but but incredibles 2 was the you know, high water mark. It was the the biggest hit Pixar has had uh, recently. Probably it's their last mega blockbuster, mm-hmm. right? I would say Incredibles two is the last time Pixar has had a slam doink giant home run. 
and Mario just crushed him, stomped well, him like a like a goomba from we, the video game. We now, I mean, I don't want to get it. Listen, uh, it's very easy for me to Pixar bash, and right. I do it often. Right. Mario is pure fun. Mario mm-hmm. is not a movie about a dead jazz musician. It's mm-hmm. not a movie about a plumber with anxiety. Mario doesn't have crippling anxiety, mm-hmm. right? It's not about a dystopian future, right? It is pure fun. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. really, that's what people want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes Pixar can really knock it out of the park, the park the Toy Story movies. Listen, if there's a Toy Story 5, I'm sure it's going to be great. Okay. If there's a Incredibles 3, I'm sure it's going to be great. Okay. But Elementals, listen, stick to Disney Plus. Wow. Stick wow. to Disney Plus. And, and listen, this isn't about Pixar. This is about giving Mario his propers, yes, which yes. is what we're doing. But what I'm saying is their time has passed. Long live Nintendo and long live fun, for mm-hmm. Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. Let's just have some fucking fun. I said wow. it. Sorry, kids. You're going to have to learn at some point that the B.O. Wow. boys swear. Wow. Wow. I mean, I there's nothing there that I could disagree with. There's nothing there, and I want to because it makes for good radio. But yeah. there's nothing there I could disagree with. The Super Mario Brothers movie promised fun, and it delivered. And Mario is now the king of animation, and video games are now the king of movie IP. And mm-hmm. I think we are really going to see that this year. Listen, we may have... This early in the year, a movie that opened in April may well go the distance and be the biggest movie of all of 2023. Because when you look down the road at the calendar, there are giant movies opening this year. I mean, we've got, you know, uh, a Guardians movie and we got a, a Fast and Furious sequel and we've got Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, huge movies this year. Mm-hmm. But as things are playing out in this Super Mario Brothers run, it is at $347 million domestic in its second weekend. Oh, it's insane, This these brothers' box office. It is insane. It is completely insane. This is a movie that is now at $677 million worldwide. I mean, Billion Dollar Baby is a, a slam doink. Again, it would take oh, a... Yeah. It's going to take a civilization-ending event mm-hmm. to keep Super Mario Brothers movie from becoming a billion-dollar baby this year. It's it's a slam dunk, and uh, you know you you look at how worldwide box office is going now. The the China numbers are never going to be what they were years ago. So billion-dollar babies are not going to come as fast and furious as they did in in uh, you know the pre-pandemic times. Yes. And so you may only have a couple of them this year and Super Mario Brothers could end up being the only one. But looking at the schedule, Super Mario Brothers could end up being the biggest domestic and worldwide film of the entire year. That is what Mario is looking to achieve right now. $347 million after 10 days? 
10 days? Mm-hmm. I mean, is this thing Avatar? What What, what is Mario? They're, they're, I know. Honestly, at this point, we cannot put a ceiling on what Super Mario Brothers movie is going to end up doing. Yeah, because I think this is a movie that is going to be rewatched in the mm-hmm. theater, yes. right? It's short. It's sweet. It's fun. It There's something for everyone. Yep. Right? And... I think there's 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 no limit to how many times somebody can go see this film. No. If they so no. choose to. My yeah. my chosen number of times is 0 and it will stay at 0. But I can applaud this movie for its box office without having to sit through it. Now, I know you say that now. I'm not a critic, huh? So I, uh, you're not a critic, huh? Yeah. So I'm not making a value judgment on this film. I'm making a judgment on my, what I like and what I don't like. And I don't like cartoons because I'm not a baby. Sure. But there comes a point as a BO boy where what you like and what you enjoy shouldn't matter when it comes to what you need to see. And I do think Super Mario Brothers movie box office, where it is now and where it is going to end up, I do think you owe it to the show to sit in a movie theater and bear witness to what could very well be the biggest box office movie of the year. You know, I, I I think it goes beyond. I, I did see. Your I disagree. Wants. It goes I, I beyond disagree. your wants. This is something that you have to be a part of because Mario is now the biggest box office star in the effing world. Clayton, listen. A, a, a applause news reporter, is not enough. Applause listen, is not enough. A, a news reporter. Can yeah. report on the Berlin wind, well, the Berlin Wall coming down. Okay, without bringing out a pickaxe and taking the chunk. No, but they That's should. That's what visit, I'm saying. But they, you gotta, you gotta be on site. You gotta. I, I do think for a story this big, you've got to be there, and you've got to be at the hotel where you hear the bombs. You're pointing out your balcony. You're saying, "There's where the the bomb dropped," because I'm a on-site correspondent and i do think but, for mario that this is this is that and i'm hearing the bombs and i'm hearing about this movie and how well it's doing but i'm not saying drop the bomb on me i mean listen well this is this is maybe a uh and an off uh at the water cooler discussion or, mm-hmm. or honestly at the at the offices of of the uh, bo boy central you know, mm-hmm. this might be a boardroom discussion that we have to have, but I think taste and and uh, wants go out the window when you have something like Super Mario Brothers, which is now at 10 days at $347.8 million domestic. It is a story that must be born witness in person. Well, we disagree, but we will continue this debate. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, all Lawyers may get a, involved. Lawyers may get be, involved. Want to be a boys, want to be a girls, want to be a people. people. Reach out to us. Where do you stand on this debate? Do mm-hmm. I have to subject myself to a baby movie 
just to be able to report on it, I guess. And, and, and that's the, you don't get to $347 million domestic in 10 days. If it is just a quote unquote baby movie, super, super Mario brothers has, has reached across those age demographics and as hard as it is, as it might be to conceive, it has reached audiences that are even older than you, Clayton. So you could be a fifty-year-old baby. You could be a fifty-year-old baby. You can. I, I think we're getting into into territory that goes beyond box office. So let's move off of this. We, we may have to get the lawyers and the board of directors involved. Can, this, can we this agree? May go, this may go to a vote of no confidence, Clayton. Can I agree? Can we? Can we agree? I can always agree with myself, uh, but always. can we both agree that a movie I never have to see is okay. Renfield? I mean, this is a movie, not that you just don't have to see. It is a movie that seeing it in the theater, your hours may be numbered. I, oh, I, I would have to run out right now. I would have to cancel this record and, yes. and, and, and get the late showing tonight yeah, to be I, able I to think- see it. I think this is a situation with Renfield where there are scheduled showings for Tuesday and Wednesday that are probably being canceled as we speak. Oh, they're becoming Mario showings for sure. Or they're becoming Pope Exorcist showing because good for the Pope's Exorcist, which is number two with 9.1, which listen, 9.1 is no great shakes, but this thing was tracking to be really low mm-hmm. and tracking to be under Renfield mm-hmm. and it beat it. It yeah. soundly beat it. It wasn't yeah. even, it ended up not even being close because I did say on our preview episode, these two could kind of battle it out. Okay. Well, you said they were cannibalizing the same audience. I still disagree. Well, they are. Okay. Well, here we go then. Um, will you then uh, disagree uh-huh. with Anthony D alessandro i mean the d may stand for for disagree well d is for okay um universals okay here we go despite one film being r-rated and a horror comedy and another a straight-up r-rated horror title Mm -hmm. is there a cannibalization of audience going on here uh yeah both titles, and, leading demos, are Men Over 25, Renfield was 43%, Pope at 40%, and Women Over 25, Renfield at 33%, and Pope at 29%. Mm-hmm. So, none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Anthony Diaz for Disney, D'Alessandro, has agreed with me. So, and, I feel vindicated that he even said cannibalization. He and, said it. And it I, and I D for at, disagree. Uh well I I D for don't uh don't try to uh disagree with me just because you like doing it. How about that? I I mean I think that you could have men over 25 who are still going to the movies for different things. And I think that Renfield was clearly going for a goofy comedy audience and, and also trying to trick people to thinking they were getting a superhero movie and Pope's exorcist is for the gore hounds. Renfield was not for the gore hounds. People listen, 
people love horror comedies. Horror fans love horror comedies. You but, know who we should get? Brett from the uh from the New Flesh. He yes. we need to reach out to him. Yes. And ask if there was cannibalization here. That we we can't fight amongst ourselves here. Yes. We're not yes. experts on this. He's I say cannibalization mm-hmm. and you say no cannibalization and it's going to be up to him. So let's reach out to him after yep. this episode. Yeah. Maybe tweet at him yep. and be like, "Listen, cannibalization or no cannibalization." Yep. But the plain facts of this, other than that, mm-hmm. is that nobody wanted to see Renfield. Yes. Okay. We could all agree on that. Now, we had a conversation by the water cooler about this. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Holt, people like him. He was he was just in a, a, a great movie that was a sneaky hit mm-hmm. with um, what was it called again? It was the, the menu. Yes, yes. The menu was a, a, a solid success for him. Everyone loves it. Yeah. He's an actor that's probably going to get an Oscar nom 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 at some point. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't think his, I, I never saw him as a guy who could be a lead actor in big budget films. He just, uh, he doesn't feel like that guy to me. So I don't I, think this is in, incredibly damaging to him. I mean, I think it hurts Renfield bombing hurts him in the sense that this could have been huge. And then he would have had a franchise, you know, mm-hmm. that's the best case. And that was very much on the table. Like Universal wanted to make Renfield 2 and Renfield 3 and then cross Renfield over with, I guess, a funny version of The Mummy at some point. And mm-hmm. it, clearly there will never be any discussion of continuing Renfield. So I think it hurts Nicholas Holt in the sense that this was a a, a potential big deal for him that's not going to happen but i don't think it means nicholas holt is on the you know taylor lautner uh do not call list you know that's that's not going to happen but it he wanted renfield to be his character to be his his big box office character and it's well you want that big check so you can continue to do interesting work i mean that's that's the the dream for someone like him right right aquafina uh, the heat is past, not a going concern. I don't think we need to really talk about Aquafina in this. Right. Uh, the big person mm-hmm. who this failure affects is Nicolas Cage, because yeah. there was this feeling that maybe we were seeing a renaissance with him. Mm-hmm. And the plain facts are unbearable genius or whatever that name of that movie was super underperformed. And you can blame that on, you know, COVID-ish times. Mm -hmm. This movie, you can't blame that, obviously. People don't want his stuff anymore. He, Mm -hmm. he, They just don't want it. They don't want to go to a theater and sit and watch a Nicolas Cage movie. Now, the man had a great run. Oh, incredible run. I mean, Pig was a great movie. He had some Oscar buzz. He will continue to do crappy B movies and sneaky good indie movies. But his days of a blockbuster Hollywood film are uh, in the rearview mirror at this point. Yeah. I I don't this movie now we said that we we got a lot of emails and and and, and tweets and things about the fact that we said that the budget for this movie was in the 80s. I think we said 86. Turns right. out the budget was in the 60s. 
Right. But guess what? It still holds true that this was the most expensive of these Universal B movies. Mm-hmm. And it tanked. tanked. I mean, tanked. just to give you an idea, Charlie's Angels, oh, the, no. high, the low watermark that we used for blockbusters for the longest time, that made $8 million Oh, plus. my God. This made 7.7. 7. Like, it, it's in the 7. This is a disaster 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 when you compare it to these recent universal b-movie comedies your violent nights and your cocaine bears and your megan's and those movies were opening in the 20s and 30s with Mm -hmm. way less promotion way less ip you know less star power or i guess now we know that's not true because nicholas cage is no longer a star he no. is not, I think what Renfield really shows is Nicolas Cage is also not a value add. No, at this he's point. not. And I think this also shows Nicolas Cage is a negative to a wide release studio movie. I think he's still a guy that you could put in there in your straight to VOD Willie's Wonderland type of movies, and he's a recognizable face on a thumbnail. But to a mainstream audience, I think it's clear Nicolas Cage tells you this is going to be bad. This Dude, is going to be low red. And uh, this is coming from we love Nicolas Cage. Yeah. We loved the massive whatever of something, something terrible title, but yeah, it was yeah. a really funny movie. And both think he should have got the Oscar nom 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 for Pig. But when you look at his last 15 plus years and he does all of those D movies, you know, his, his God looking at, I'm just scrolling through this list of his movies, doggy dog and vengeance and looking glass and, and uh, a score to settle and grand Isle and Willie Wonderland. Just there's like 50 of these movies. And There's people who will say, oh, this one's actually good. This one's actually better than the rest. But it all adds up to a reputation where the average moviegoer, their awareness of Nicolas Cage is that he is forever off the deep end. He is forever enmeshed in just trash movies. And he is a sign. He is a symbol. He is a stamp of D-quality movies. And again... Listeners, you could disagree with me and you could point out seven of these 50 movies that are actually great. And hey, I like Mandy. I might have had it on my top 10 list or whatever year that was. And Clayton doesn't like it. But none of that matters because he his run as a B, C, D movie actor, you cannot scrub that off with just a critically a well-reviewed performance in pig or massive talent being a funny movie that 15 year run does not scrub off. And I think Nicholas cage was a negative when it came to people wanting to see Renfield. I think that movie with a different actor, it's to me, it's clear a different actor who doesn't have Nicholas cages stink. Renfield probably does better. I think Renfield bombed partly because Nicolas Cage is just a stamp of of low quality at this point. Pat, uh, you absolutely nailed it. 
And that worked on me because our conversation that we had about these Universal B movies, in my mind, I thought Renfield had the lowest budget of all of them. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is that Nicolas Cage was in it. Yep. That worked on my brain and I should know better. Mm-hmm. But seeing Nicolas Cage, I was like, well, there's no way that this budget could be bigger than Megan. Right. Because right. if you had Nicolas Cage and Megan, I would be like, what was the budget on that? Uh, like uh, half a million dollars. Right. If if you switch the casting and Nicolas Cage played, say, the uncle in in Megan, you know, he he's the inventor and the uncle instead of Allison Williams as the inventor and the and the aunt. And yeah. you put Allison Williams as Dracula in Renfield. Oh, I think that just the reversing of that casting changes the box office fortunes of those movies. I think Renfield would still end up being a way underperformer because mm-hmm. this movie apparently is is very bad. And yeah. as Scott Mendelson said, it leaned way too into superhero aspects instead of comedy. Um, yeah. But I think Megan with Nicolas Cage is a bomb. Same movie, but with him is a bomb. And, yeah. it, and I'm not saying it's a bad movie because Nicolas Cage is a great actor and he's very funny when you give him a good movie. But I think that movie would bomb because people would think, oh, Nicolas Cage is in it. This Megan movie is going to be terrible. Yeah. I mean, I think if, yeah, if Nicolas Cage had invented Megan for his niece whose parents died, I I would be like, this movie is must be cheap as hell. Yes. This must be an asylum movie. Yes. Yes. And, and, And I think what Nicolas Cage and this Renfield uh, uh, box office is showing is that, you know, Nicolas Cage, he, the, the story is he went and he did these hundred D movies in that 15, 20 year run because he was paying off taxes or whatever his money issues were. And he had to do all these movies and that's all well and good. And I hope it paid off and, and he he's paid off his taxes and his gambling debts or whatever it was he had to pay off. But you can't just wash off a run that long so easily. Mm-hmm. And, and it's disappointing because again, we love Nicolas Cage, but Renfield showed who, what his, what, what the perception of Nicolas Cage is to average moviegoers. And it's maybe it'll wash off someday, but he is going to need a long run of successful under the radar projects. Uh, to wash off that stink. And I, I just don't think it's possible at this point. No, I, I totally agree. Um, so uh, Renfield disaster is going to just plummet, plummet this coming weekend because talking about cannibalization, and I know you don't think that the Pope's Exorcist was the same sort of movie, but I think Evil Dead Rising is going to be a huge movie. And I think some people save their money mm-hmm. to wait for that film next weekend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think, I mean, Renfield is going to drop, I think in the seventies, Renfield's yeah. going to make like $2 million next weekend. It's going to be a massive. Oh, it's going to be terrible. I mean, it might be on Peacock when we get off mic. Yes. Yes. And, and you know what? Good. I watch it, it should. 
Yeah. yeah. I'd, oh, I'd, I'd watch the hell out of it because I don't have – I wouldn't have any sort of real investment right? You know, right. To, to worry about there. But it's also a movie that was in the theaters. So good on you and Universal for putting it in theaters. And we're at the point where box office is healthy enough where Renfield was not a casualty of anything but – apathy yes 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 it, it is healthy to occasionally have these big budget bombs you know it's like getting food poisoning mm-hmm. you you feel sick in that moment but you're getting the poison out and yep. it's healthy out. to get the poison out of these just failed projects and that's what renfield is i think we should we should take note. This is something that the great Scott Mendelson tweeted when talking about Renfield is he saw the film and to him, a huge problem with Renfield is how much it leaned into being an attempt at a superhero movie, you know, mm-hmm. making Renfield into a superhero rather than really leaning into pure horror, horror comedy, you know, the way a cocaine bear or a violent night uh, did. And therefore, I think we could look at Renfield in a way as another, not nail in the coffin, but another, uh, uh, another stair on the down staircase of the decline of superhero movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, superhero movies are looking up at video games on the way down. Yes. That's what's happening. Yes. Yes. And, And I think... Renfield is just another sign of that. People do not want superhero movies in the same way they did a few years ago. And the Renfield trailer really did try and make the Renfield character seem like he was a, you know, uh, an Avenger and people don't want that right now. They don't want Nicolas Cage and they don't want more superhero movies with DIP like Renfield is. And so I know Renfield underperformed. Yes. Pope's Exorcist was never going to be a mega hit. And it did really respect respectively for what it was. Yep. But that coupled with Mario doing amazing business and air continuing to be mm-hmm. a great adult movie. Mm-hmm. We are right now plus 20% over the same second weekend in April during the pre-pandemic 2019. Wow. Wow. And we're 24% ahead of the same weekend a year ago, which had Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. So everybody who's saying we'll never get back to pre-pandemic, we wouldn't ever get back to pre-pandemic if the product continued to just be shuffled off onto HBO Max mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Peacock or any of the other services, right? There's product in the theater and it's not all going to hit. But you see, The Pope's Exorcist, now that it's made $9 million in the theater, that thing is going to be a great find on whatever streaming service it lands on. Yes. Yes. So Sony, so then it would eventually end up on Netflix, right? Yes. Oh, it's going to be the number one movie on Netflix in like six months, for sure. Exactly. So it will have a, another life. And, you know, good for Russell Crowe. He still is a draw. I mean, people went to see this movie because Russell Crowe. Yeah. It, 
at this point, I mean, they're they're both. I mean, Nicolas Cage was, I guess, a star earlier than Russell Crowe, but they had similar time periods where they were at their heights. You know, their heights were what the late, I guess, late nineties for Nicolas Cage. Russell Crowe's more the two thousands. But either way, they both tapered off. But I think right now, Russell Crowe means more than Nicolas Cage at the box office. I mean, they faced off head-to-head. Nicolas Cage had a much higher-profile project, and people decided Russell Crowe meant more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So you mentioned Air. Air, Yeah, let's talk Air. It dropped 47% in its second weekend, so a, a good hold, not a... Not a a hold that would have meant this is going to be off the charts successful. Like we were hoping air would have a magical, you know, drop of only 40% or something like Mm -hmm. that. But it, it, the 47% is great. And also it Mario steamroll and everything right now. Yeah. But but air had a really good hold 7.7. So last week, the movie I comped it to before it came out was house of Gucci. You know, House Mm -hmm. of Gucci came out in November of 2021. And after its second weekend, House of Gucci was at 33.8 million. And after its second weekend, Air is at 33.2 million. So those two are playing very uh, in line with each other. Mm -hmm. And House of Gucci ended up getting all the way to 53.7 million. So I would say... I would say the hope here for air is can it get over 50 million domestic when all said and done? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And I feel like this is a movie. I mean, I still haven't been able to see and I still plan to see. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like there's a lot of people like me out there. I'm in that group, uh, that age group that might not necessarily be able to run out and see a movie the first weekend, but will make time in their schedule to do that mm-hmm. and i've talked to a lot of people who are still wanting to see this movie but they have just not gotten around to it so mm-hmm. i think if the screens are there it's going to be a movie that's going to just continue and continue to have good solid business during the week and on weekends and i think with the nba playoffs that's just going to feed into this where they're going to mm. be oh i want to see this movie about one of the greatest of all time, starring yeah. two of the greatest actors of all time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, and I guess three, I mean, Viola Davis, you got to throw her in there too. Oh, you were starting with Damon and Affleck. And yeah, then and then Viola, Viola Davis. Davis so, yeah, and then, three, three, yeah. three greats. Yeah, it's a great three team. Greats. It's a great team for air. Uh, a movie that Anthony D is for, I disagree with him this week, D'Alessandro, Okay. A movie that he comped air to was Tickets to Paradise, the George Clooney, Julia Roberts movie that came out this past October 2022. And, you know, that was a romantic comedy for adults. Air is not a romantic comedy, but it is a dramatic comedy mm-hmm. with two, you know, big stars from the 90s, 2000s. And after its second week, Tickets to Paradise was at 33 million dollars so air is is right there with house of gucci and with ticket to paradise now ticket to paradise got all the way up to 68 million domestic yeah Uh, 
I don't think that's realistic for air because Tickets of Paradise came out in the fall in a period when there was nothing out in theaters for a couple yep. of months. It was basically Black Adam bombed, Wakanda Forever came out, and then nothing came out until Avatar. So yeah. it had more runway. But I, I think Air could comfortably land in between House of Gucci in the low 50s and Tickets to Paradise in the high 60s. And maybe it does get to 60 if everything breaks right. And and I do think like Tickets to Paradise, not that Air is some sort of art film, mm-hmm. but Tickets to Paradise is a very easily understood film that has a very low level concept. It's, it stars two megawatt you know, vintage stars at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's an easier film to sell to everybody. I think air is one of those movies that is going to have to get certain people to go see it just by word of mouth of people. They really trust. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think tickets to paradise is a movie you could probably just watch and just turn your brain off. And air is a fun film that might have a little bit more to it, a little bit more talky, a little bit more, like a Moneyball sort of movie than something like Ticket to Paradise where it's, you know, Julie Roberts and George Clooney on a vacation together. Right, right. I mean, Ticket to Paradise is an easier sell as a date movie. Yeah, Air, but I think than... Air, I think Air is a, a sophisticated person's date movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Which, which you and your wife uh, are I- indicative of. Yes, we did go see Air on a date. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I think air next weekend is probably big for it mm-hmm. because Evil Dead Rise coming out, obviously it'll get a lot of men. It's the hot new movie, but I think air could still do really well up against Evil Dead Rise this weekend. You know, it's I mean, not again, until... the movie's going to suffer. The movie that's going to suffer is Pope's Exorcist in Renfield. Oh, I mean, Renfield uh, yeah. for many reasons, but Pope's Exorcist had its day in the sun and it's probably going to be completely destroyed by Evil Dead. Yes, definitely. Which is ironic, but. So, um, yeah, I think air is going to be a interesting one to follow the next two weeks. Honestly, it, it's it's still got an opening where there aren't giant new movies coming out the next two weekends Mm -hmm. um so i think we should touch quickly on because someone did email us asking what we think of dungeons and dragons honor among thieves and it's what this box office means for this potentially still becoming a franchise so dungeon dragons in its third weekend made 7.3 million it is now at 74 million domestic. It's doing well and it's well liked, but it doesn't seem like this movie is really catching fire. And I think the time has no. passed if this was going to catch fire. Yes. Yeah, it had a tough release date, and that's obviously been talked about. So it, that that's made it difficult. But how how long do you hold on to this movie at this point? Right. I mean, and it's not going to get any easier. Summer. 
Exactly. Yeah. It's it, that's the thing. It's not going to get any easier. So yeah. they ramped this up the way they wanted to. They had a lot of preview showings. They really built some anticipation. I keep going back to that Power Rangers movie that Anthony D'Alessandro mentioned in his initial comp for this when after the first weekend. And what are we? We're in week three of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, this was the this was the third weekend for Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. And it's at $74 million. In the third weekend for this Power Rangers movie, mm-hmm. it was at 75. So yeah. this is so one-to-one at the moment that I really feel like this thing is not going to be a franchise. The only thing that will make it make sense for this movie to get a sequel is if it plays through the roof on Paramount Plus. Right. Right. And does spectacular VOD, right? It has to do great VOD and PVOD, obviously. Yeah. And then play like gangbusters on Paramount Plus. And then it makes sense to spend the money and put a second one in theaters, mm-hmm. which could mm-hmm. do better than the first. That I mean, there's a possibility that there'll be that because yes. every, everything seems to be there to make this, this thing succeed. It just had a really tough release date. There's other, I mean, Mario, I mean, listen. I think Mario's the big thing. Mario's I think the release the date one. thing, I think the release date thing is a little overblown where people are digging Paramount for when they released it because. No, I'm not digging on the mo- other You got to put the movie out and it did yeah. have a weekend where it was all to itself. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it opened. And it went it, number one. And it went number one and movies have, have to come out and there's going to be competition I think the bigger thing with Dungeons and Dragons is it was one of those IPs, especially because the one they made, whatever was 15, 20 years ago, was a huge bomb. Yeah. And it's an IP that has a little bit of stench to it or a little bit of thumb your nose at Dungeons and Dragons. They I mean, I think make- that movie was so a blip on the radar. People don't remember that movie. But just the Dungeons and Dragons uh, perception to mainstream audiences is still it's it's a thing for nerds nerds play it whatever and they needed to put a good movie out there that eventually people will catch up to and like and i do think there is an opportunity for this to still be a franchise because it seems like people who have seen the first one liked it Mm -hmm. and i think people catching it on their tv in the next year or so could create a uh, 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 desire for another Dungeons & Dragons movie that wasn't there for this first movie. This first movie needed to create more interest in the IP. Yeah. So, I mean, now to say, do you greenlight another big-budget Dungeons & Dragons movie if this makes $85, $90 million based on the fact that, oh, well, people are liking it on Paramount+. Plus. I don't know, but that may be the play here. It may be worth it. You know, it may be worth it to do that 
because people did like this movie. It's almost a reverse Tomb Raider trap. Scott Mendelson's Tomb Raider trap theory is big hit movies that stink. And then the second movie bombs because of how bad the first movie was. And this could be reversed where the first movie did okay, but it was pretty good and people liked it. So the second movie should do better. Yeah, I don't feel like this is like a Pacific Rim situation where, you know, the overseas money is the reason that thing got a sequel. That's not going to be the case with D&D, obviously. But I don't think anybody was clamoring for another Pacific Rising movie, truly. I do think that if I were Paramount, you know, barring whatever, in the next couple weeks, we're going to see what the legs continue to be, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I personally would, if things go well and this movie does decently and continues to not drop precipitously, Mm -hmm. I would invest in it because of the talent behind the camera on it, Mm -hmm. the talent in front of the camera, and the fact that this is a rich world that can be turned into other movies as yes. well. Like yes. you don't want to kill D and D in the crib because there's no reason to do that. Power Rangers has, it's, you know, it's been mentioned before Anthony D'Alessandro mentioned it. That has been so thoroughly destroyed by crappy television spinoffs that it doesn't feel special. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you can just watch it on TV any hour of the day. Right. Where D&D, the way they did this film was an act of, you know, acrobatics to make it not too, you know, too cheesy, not too dorky, all these different things. From what I heard, they do a spectacular job threading this needle. Mm-hmm. So you can't throw away a potential franchise because, number one. Again, not blaming the release date, but it was a tough release date. And also, Mario is a world beater. And I nobody expected Mario. It, we thought it was going to be huge. Nobody expected it to be this huge, right? Right, And right. so I think you couldn't understand how much air this thing was going to suck up. And right. it did. It and did. so, and so you got to give D and D a little bit of leeway for Mario. I know businessmen only care about money, huh? Huh? But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because that baby could end up shitting golden turds at some point. Yes, 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 a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think. And listen, Dungeon Dragons is at what seventy four million domestic. It mm-hmm. still could. I think it's going to pass what Power Rangers did, that 85 million. I mean, I think Power Rangers was even more front-loaded than Dungeons & Dragons. Absolutely front-loaded, yeah. And Power Rangers is just a movie that was always going to be a hard sell beyond the super fans. It's yeah. such a goofy concept. But I think Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves, could definitely get over 90. It, has, it still has the outside shot of hitting that you know, symbolic, but still meaningful number of a hundred million domestic. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's still in play though. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. And if it does that and people continue to find it on PVOD and Paramount plus, you know, and this is to answer a question we got from wannabe. Oh boy, Micah, I 
do think there is still franchise potential here. I mean, we got that email weeks ago from wannabe old boy Adam who outlined all the possible franchise implications of Dungeon Dragons, all the interconnected universe. So like you said, there's so much potential here. And the first movie seems to be well-liked. And I think that's it was just a necessary movie to just reestablish this as a movie IP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it, it 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 would help if this movie did leg out to 100. I think it has to get to at least 90 million domestic, which I do absolutely. think it will do that. Yeah, that absolutely has to do that. But yeah, so to answer the question, I it's I mean, it's not necessarily a hit at the moment. It's definitely done very well, mm-hmm. but we would invest in its future. Yes. I think is the answer to that question. Yes. Um, would you greenlight a sequel to Mafia Mama based on its opening weekend? Do you think there's franchise no. potential here? That that baby mm-hmm. I would throw in the river. Okay. And 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 stand there all night to watch it drown and make sure it never bobs back up. So here's why I would agree with you about not making a mafia mama too. And it's not anything against it's not, it's not even that it's not even anything against mafia mama itself. But if you look at the, the, uh, the history of box office of, of, uh, mafia comedy box office, Mm -hmm. you know, you go back to, I would say the gold standard, which was analyze this, right? Analyze this mm-hmm. came out in 1999, open to 18 million, and the Billy Crystal Robert De Niro two hander got all the way to 106 million dollars. So that's a huge hit. But then they made the sequel, analyze that, and that movie did not reach the heights of analyze this and i am having a hard time finding the box office for analyze that because it's just it's turning it's the the google search is just giving me a lot of just uh there we go okay so analyze that better help commercials analyze that came out in 2002 and it got to 32 million domestic so almost 70 million less than the original so all that is to say People may have loved this Mafia Mama, but based on the analyze this, analyze that trajectory, Mafia Mama 2 would not do nearly as well. Now, uh, I'm glad that we're on the same page here and your, you know, uh, uh, your affiliation with the Italian uh, persuasion. Mm-hmm. persuasion hasn't, you know, swayed you here. Now, Real quick, I was looking up Jane Austen's Mafia. Okay. From 1998. Which never did get a sequel. Never did get a sequel. Uh, starring Jay Moore. Mm-hmm. Star of Air. Star of Air. Yes. Co-star. I would say more co-star of Air. If I were to ask you what it made. Okay. Domestically. Okay. This is a tough one, and if you're way off, that's fine. I mean, I I would not have gotten this. What okay. would you say Jane Austen's Mafia made in 1998? Uh, it opened in July 
of that year, July 24th. Um, did it get to $32 million domestic? No, lower than that. Um, I mean, did it, I mean, I thought that, so I, uh, I mean, it, did it get to 20 domestic in total? I'm going to give you that 19.8. Okay. What did it open to like seven? Yeah. 6.5. So, so almost as much as Renfield made. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, I mean, listen, that just shows you the amount of interest in a mafia comedy. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, it's a, listen, it's a, it's a tough genre for sure. Analyze Mm -hmm. this obviously is the king of mafia comedies, but as we saw, the sequel is a tough sell. So I don't, Yeah. yeah, I, again, I don't think there will be mafia mama part two. No, I agree. Now, real quick before we go, Pat, Mm -hmm. we'd be remiss to not mention a little movie that we really didn't talk about in our preview. Okay. Because I don't think it was really going to do much when it came to, uh, you know, the top 10, but it actually did sneak into the top 10. And I'm talking about a movie called Nefarious. Okay. Which was in 933 theaters. Mm-hmm. It made $1.3 million and snuck into this top 10. And what's interesting about this film is it stars Sean Patrick Flannery. It's a serial killer movie. Okay. Or at least a movie about a criminal who claims he was possessed by a demon. Okay. But it is produced by a, a out-of-nowhere company that has never put out a movie before. Soli Dio Gloria is the name of this studio. Okay. And so who knows? Is this a new player in the low budget exploitation B movie theater game? I mean, it's possible. We got to keep the right, our eye out for it. And uh, Sean Patrick Flannery, welcome to the top 10 of the box office. Yeah. That is, uh, you know, some you, you get unexpected visitors to the top 10 every once in a while. And Sean Patrick Flannery is definitely an unexpected visitor to the top 10 in 2023. And so this is not a Christian film or a Fathom event. This is just a horror movie that came in number 10. Yeah, I mean... Let's see. The, I mean, I hope this doesn't go the way of Solstice Studios, which right. released Unhinged, yep. a movie that we were very, very uh, excited about and really did do what Tenet uh, uh, said it did. Yes. I mean, we were, we, were, we were talking a lot about Unhinged back in August, September, October of 2020 because of course the bo boys did not miss a week during the COVID 19 pandemic we covered the box office every week and that meant covering unhinged and salsa studios extensively three years ago you know here's the thing okay i'm doing a little research here okay this may be a religious movie it's possible because okay when i looked into this studio 
Mm-hmm. The only other movie they had anything to do with, which they financed and produced a movie called Unplanned. Okay. That came out in 2019, and it actually made $19 million at the box office, the same amount that Jane Austen's Mafia made. Wow. And opened to 6.3, pretty close to the opening of Jane Austen's Mafia. Wow. Now, but this movie was released domestically by a company called Pure Flix Entertainment. Okay. Which I believe is a more uh i th- i believe it is a christian adjacent not even adjacent because they are the releasing company for god's not dead and god's yeah. not dead too so and the case feel- for christ and do you believe hmm. and unbroken path to redemption and uh samson a question of faith hillsong let hope rise and i'm not ashamed so this movie must be a religious film. So and do you think that solely Deo Gloria releasing might be the the horror shingle of pure flicks? Like sort of the dimension to their Miramax where, where they're going to release Christian horror films? I mean, that is a great question. I, I want to see what Nefarious is about. I mean, this is maybe something to talk about when we're more informed yeah 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 on it but it's interesting it's genres horror oh man i don't i mean this may have a christian bent to it so i am seeing i mean and this is all on the fly reporting that we're doing here if you google solely deo gloria releasing one of the things that I found was a court case in which the plaintiff was listed as unplanned movie LLC and solely Deo Gloria releasing LLC. And the okay. defendant was Angel Christian Television Trust Incorporated. So it seems like there was some kind of lawsuit between solely Deo Gloria releasing, which uh-huh. released Nefarious, and... Uh, and this Christian television company over something to do with the unplanned movie. I'm guessing uh, the way it played on Christian television and and probably some kind of financial withholdings that happened there. So all to say solely Deo Gloria releasing very much seems to be a Christian film company and therefore nefarious which if you look at the story, it's about a serial killer who claims that he was possessed by the devil. You know, listen, you prove existence of the devil. Therefore you prove existence of Jesus. Therefore Mm -hmm. you're a religious movie. So. Yeah. But very interesting. We're going to keep an eye on this uh, releasing company. Yeah. So, so a church bus movie that is a horror film. I mean, along with video games, we are also seeing a resurgence or a surgence, I guess, of religious content becoming not just uh, like, oh, that's, you know, a left behind movie. That's low budget. It's like Mark Wahlberg got into it with Father Stu. Now, that wasn't necessarily successful, but he did show that there's an interest in 
uh, you know, legitimate movies right. that are aimed at the religious market. Jesus Revolution was one mm-hmm. that did really well. I mean, Angel Angel Studios is getting into it with their their fair. So, listen, bye bye superheroes. Hello Jesus. Hello Mario. Yes, yes, definitely. That is that and is you know the trend what? we're seeing. I'm I couldn't be happier about it. So we should check in with Brett of the new flesh podcast about this nefarious movie as well. And yes, and get his input on how much of a horror film this really is. And of course we also have to ask him what his opinion is and what his ruling is on whether Renfield and the Pope's exorcist did cannibalize the same audience. Yes. He will be the, the verdict on that debate. I'm willing to give myself over to him in that way. Yes. Yes. He, he will be the uh, binding arbitration. We, we both agree on Brett of the new flesh as an arbiter there. Yes. Well, Pat, what a packed weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people weren't home doing their taxes. They were out watching movies. Yes. Yes. So yes. have a fun Monday scrambling to get your tax returns done. Oh boy. Yeah. I, I, I am in that boat and I, I, but you know what? I have the excuse. Like I think a lot of Americans do. I had to go see Mario. And I think that should be a viable excuse for a late filing on your taxes this year, because you had to go see the super Mario brothers. movie. Well, it's not on Monday. It's not, it's not Monday. It's not today. It is Tuesday, Tuesday. And I believe it's on Tuesday because of Mario. Wow. Wow. Which again is another reason why you need to see this movie. This is super Mario brothers is such a cultural event that the federal government has delayed the filing date for the taxes because of super Mario. And again, Mm -hmm. the BO boys board of directors may have to meet and file and give a vote of no confidence. If you do not see this film in movie theaters. No, I don't agree. I don't agree. Well, we will, we will leave that up to the board of directors, but Clayton, I think if anyone wants to email us, and let us know how the board of directors should vote on this matter. Email us at the BO Boys Podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your boots on the ground reporting, your predictions, your insight into specific genres, your uh, predictions the way Marcus nailed the opening weekend of Suzume. Send us all of that and your opinion on whether Clayton needs to see the Super Mario Brothers movie at the BO Boys Podcast at gmail.com. Give us five star reviews across all podcast platforms, but especially Apple. That's the one that matters. Watch us on YouTube. We are YouTubers. So smash that like button. We're pointing down. Smash that like button. Smash that subscribe button. Follow us on social media. Want to be our intern Christopher is killing it with the video clips on Twitter. Of course, spread the word of the BO boys. Retweet those videos. Tell your friends to listen to the podcast. We Always want to get more and more and more people informed about the box office. It's it's not yes. about increasing our wealth or popularity, huh? It uh-huh. is about creating a more informed populace through the BO Boys podcast. So spread the word. 
And yeah, I th- that's all I got for you. Uh, I don't have anything else. That's no. for sure. So, Pat, I don't think there's anything left to say. No. Except until next time. We'll smell you at the